0: Hey, hey, this is John Goldman, and you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on here at Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and uh, uh, 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, Johnny's Secret Stash is underwritten by Kara's Cottages, one of downtown Kalamazoo's first Airbnbs. Kara's Cottages are within walking distance of local shops, breweries, and some of Michigan's most beautiful walking trails. Additional information at com. That's caras and Cottages with a K. Uh, Really excited to, uh, first of all, I'm doing this show from not the WRHC Studios, but the uh, Brian Barber uh, Home Studio. And uh, really excited about that. This is actually a really awesome setup. Thanks, Brian. He's here, but not mic'd up. Uh, we're gonna start out today. Uh, well, we're we're pl- um, having uh, Buddy Pearson of the Buddy Pearson Three uh, on this on the show today. Uh, saw him over the summer at uh, the Acorn Theater during the, uh, one of uh, the Midwest Made series uh, shows, and let me tell you, this guy blows it away. He's uh, a legit um, bass player. You know, he's not trying to fit into anything. He's absolutely doing his own thing. You don't often see bass players kind of at the forefront of a band, and and uh, Buddy Pearson 3 is exactly that. Everything emanates from Buddy's, um, uh, you know, approach to everything. He's got a great backup band, um, a uh, keyboard player, and a drummer, uh, Artist Brown on keyboard, and... Um, the drummer's name is escaping me right now. We will get into that, but uh, to start us out, I want to play a um, uh, one of their tunes. This is um, this is actually the predecessor or or uh, the song that they that they put together in advance of the uh, Acorn show. So here we go, the Buddy Buddy Pearson Three, and uh, listening to Johnny Secret Stash. That was Buddy Pearson uh, with Buddy Pearson Three, which includes uh, Mike Shell, Mike Shell's guy on the keyboard. Sorry about that, Mike. And uh, Artist Brown on—I'm uh, sorry, Mike Shell on the drums, Artist Brown on the keyboards, and Buddy Pearson on the bass. Um, looking forward to having him on the show, uh, Buddy. How you doing? Great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.
1: Thanks very much, Jonathan. Thanks. After some phone tag, we finally got this done. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: so, uh, you know, I, 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 saw you at, uh, the Acorn Theater. Um, but I think mm-hmm. I might've seen you even the prior year at, um, the Browntown Festival. Uh, it was my yeah. like, like you guys played, um, I, I don't remember the incarnation that you had at that point. Uh, do you, that do you
1: incarnation? Yeah, that was fine. Um, you know, with any musician, sometimes you're it's your, it's your it's your it's your gig, you know, it's your band, or you know, your solo, your duo, right. or your band, whatever, you know. And then sometimes, you know, you're just the hired, the gun, you know. And uh, the hired gun. I was a hired gun on that day. Ah, I uh, gotcha. Uh, but it was for the trumpet player Willie. Willie
0: Waldman. Waldman. That's right. Yeah, that was in was uh, for, the 2021 Brown Town. That was, yeah, and that was great. That's, it, a lot of and fun.
1: Kind of I I took um I took my better half because her close friend was making was going to Browntown and they had just found out that this lady found out that I was playing Browntown, so she's like, Yeah, take Jen. So I took Jen down there and we made a weekend out of it. It was fun. It was a really, really good
0: time. It, I, I've never yeah.
1: experienced a campground uh festival thing. I'm usually on the other side, like playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this was yeah. a little bit of both. You got to play and then also you then, experienced like the festival. And I got to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a so, really kind of uh, amorphous group, like, you know, people on stage and then they're hanging out off stage and, you know, so everybody it was, was all That's just, a good
1: way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. Amorphous. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No. And, and, and for real that, that, I, I think that's an honest, you know, like just takeaway from the show. You know, from the whole, you know, not the show, but the weekend. It, yeah. was,
0: it was like a beautiful weekend, you know, people hanging out, going up and playing. And uh, the, the weather was really nice. And the the, uh, the the place was really cool. And it was, it like, was fantastic. It was like in the middle of the, nowhere, too. Well, I don't know. Nowhere, it was
1: but. in the middle. It was, it was kind <laughs> of in the middle of nowhere, but I did like it that way. See, it used to be, Browntown, just to make a quick story, uh, I had played, I think, like three or four other Brown Towns. And they were always up north in Michigan City,
0: right It was a, Fest it, or something or uh, y- yeah, it was the like Isaac, Walton, Isaac, Isaac Walton Isaac Walton. yeah.
1: It was the Isaac Walton campgrounds. Right. And um, yeah, I, and Lord knows I don't know why they're there anymore. but we play I play there, but usually, I would have to leave right afterwards because I had another engagement somewhere else, you know, so right. something to that nature. you know, but either way, I mean, it, this one, Like I said, I got to do a little bit from column A and column B this past one. I didn't go, I mean, uh, 21. I didn't go to the one in 22. Did you go?
0: No, I didn't go either, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was a shame, because it sounds like that was a really good one, too. Well, the uh, guys in
1: Chester Brown have always been just so flippin' cool with all of
0: us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they know what it's about. Um, Like Tim Vanderlyn, who's been on the show, he... uh, he works in that industry, so he, um, you know, he, he puts on festivals for a living, and uh, and this was a festival that, you know, he did for his own band, and, um, so, you know, so he, he got to experience, like, the benefits of uh, what he knows how to do well, which is organized festivals. Yeah. Speaking of Tim,
1: there was a boo-boo that happened uh, at that show. If my memory serves me correct, I think this was it. So I left a bag of cords at Browntown and it's like a $500
0: worth oh, of yeah. cords
1: and cables and all that stuff. I inadvertently left it. So they're doing a once over cleaning the campground and everything like that. And I get it. get a text from Nate, the keyboard player uh-huh. saying, Hey, did you leave a bag of cords here? And there's the picture. And I'm like, Holy smokes. There's my bag. Right <laughs> yeah. there. And I have a gig. I have a gig that day at 6 p.m. Oh, no. And I'm like, i got to drive all the way down there. and make. I was like, I'll <laughs> never make it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I'll, ne- I'll never make it. And so Nate has this bright idea that, hey, you know, Tim's on his way up. He's leaving now. I could give it to Tim, and then you guys could just take it from there. So I, t- I called him. I don't even text him. I'm just like, hey, if you could take that bag of cords, I'll meet you at the campground. He's like, no, wait, how about this? How about if I just meet you halfway? So he met me halfway with the bag of cords. So he drove a good—he drove out of his way for a good, you know, good good while. And as did I. And I tried to give him gas money. He wouldn't take it. <laughs>
0: oh man, that, what a guy! That's so nice. <laughs> well, I
1: he wouldn't he didn't take it. I pushed it on him like twice. Like, Are you sure? Are that, you sure?
0: That that whole he, festival is just the the epitome of the of the. Uh, community that has been created around it and, and throughout, um, you know, Northwest Indiana, or I guess not even Northwest Indiana, that whole, you know, Northern Indiana area. Uh, Well,
1: you know, you you get, it starts to branch out after a while, you know, and I think it starts, in, in my opinion, it branches out with two things. And that is, is that when you start playing out with other bands and then, or when you invite other bands in that are from the area and then, I think it just happens as you get older.
0: Yeah, that's you know? true, right. I think well, you just, unless you're you know, making enemies, you're only making friends.
1: <laughs> you're only Yeah, you're only making friends, or you're only making people that say, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I don't really know him, but I know of him, you know, that
0: thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so, but I think it happens when you get older, because, like, I remember when Chester Brown were just general, just chaps, just lads, you know, just playing on the scene, play at Leroy's here and there, and they play at this show, this show. And then they started playing more with Mr. Blotto and they mm-hmm. started playing more with that. So, I mean, it does branch out, you know. So yeah. That that was really, really good for them. And then I'm in um, a jazz group. We've been together forever. God, 27 years now, Freak Johnson. Oh, right, and, right. And we had done Browntown, I think three times, but it was the one in Michigan City, Okay, you know. So when Willie had this one in 21, he couldn't do 22, I believe because he had some sort of commitment or something, but, uh, like with his own thing. Yeah. So he didn't do, it, he didn't do it. And, uh, but he had asked me, he says, Hey, me you and Marco and Kofi Baker, let's do it. I'm like, okay. Wow. You know, and what a so, great yeah, and it was, yeah. And I've played with, you know, I've been, I've been playing with Marco since, you know, we were, you know, teens, you know? So it's like that. And then, uh, kofi i've been playing now with for on and off for the past four or
0: five years and And, stuff and just for the listeners who don't know who we're talking about kofi baker is the son of ginger baker and a drummer in his own right
1: the legendary drummer from cream right yes Right. who just who just passed away a couple of years ago
0: did so, you ever see um, that that documentary of him um where he, loved,
1: is, several times yeah he breaks he breaks the guy's nose that's yeah. right
0: like the, the first scene he's like what are you doing to my first, house? Scene right, first
1: scene right out of the gate man <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no he's trying to leave the premises and ginger won't let him leave the premises so like he opens the car door and bangs him in the nose with it you know what i mean so but that's where i met i saw kofi on there and i was like oh okay and then lo and behold um so i was living in valpo at the time i live in south bend now but oh. i was living in valpo i was living in valpo at the time and the my boss said hey man are you hip to ginger baker and i said yeah i know drummer he says you got to watch this beware of mr baker thing you know he's like it's it's on netflix right now you got to watch it so i said i got netflix so after i got done teaching i walked home and i watched it and i was just laughing so i was like i can't believe this guy this guy's nuts you know yeah. but anyway kofi's in that kofi's in that for you know for you know so, uh, some pretty good winded segments in there you know and then lo and behold less than a year later here he is he moves out here
0: yeah like how, you did, know? how did he end up even out in this direction
1: for well kofi kofi's mother passed away and uh, at some point around that time and left all the kids with a pretty generous inheritance so for and kofi was living in california at the time
0: uh-huh.
1: and so if he was just to buy a house it would be like you know twice the inheritance money like his money he just right. doesn't have and if he wanted to just get land He he would have money, but he could buy a house with land anywhere else.
0: That's right. Yeah. Other than
1: California, so they figured, well, if I move to Indiana or Illinois, it would be more centrally located in case I got to go anywhere. And I thought that's pretty. That's a pretty good plan. And then, you know, Illinois is Illinois with all their taxes and everything like that. So he got uh, he got a place out in Hobart
0: Uh, in Indiana yeah
1: and it's right off the highway so i mean it's it's pretty it's it's pretty centrally located for what he needs to do I mean I've never heard him complain about it so yeah you know, but he's a but I will say this in and Kofi's credit though um he's fun to play with, but he's like a genuinely like funny 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 funny, funny person yeah, just just hilarious overall you yeah. know and pleasant and polite you know
0: That's he's great. the
1: antithesis of his dad
0: yeah <laughs> Uh,
1: he's the exact he's the he's the, he's the exact antithesis of his dad like he doesn't he doesn't in, in, indulge in substances doesn't drink doesn't smoke anything he works out consistently and he's a big health food nut
0: mm-hmm. funny what a small word. yeah and, he's completely different but, marco villarreal uh, outstanding guitar player yeah um, marco
1: like, and i yeah Marco's wonderful and you know we've i mean we've been playing together since like i said we were 18 19 you know so you know and i'm 50 and marco's almost 50. i mean we've been playing together that long wow. you know wow. and uh yeah and usually it's myself marco and then this drummer bill romer and uh this keyboard player Waz. and usually it's the four of us and we go out as freak johnson lately we've been using a sax player for the past couple shows um but it's been really fun you know and we all learned from each other i mean I would have to say, like, guys, if if there were no Freak Johnson, I don't think I'd be playing jazz as much as I do full time.
0: How do you, so? Why do you say that? Freak Johnson is a little bit more jazz fusion and um, not. Like yeah, well, you have up. to cut your teeth. You have yeah. to cut
1: your teeth somewhere, though, because even with my band, like, it's not so much straight-ahead jazz. I mean, there's there's a lot That's of true. funk in there, and there's a lot of that. You know what I mean? So yeah. All and that you're talking kind about-
0: of. You're talking about Buddy yeah. Pearson three,
1: yeah, yeah, between the BP, yeah, the BP three. So the thing uh-huh. is, is that like with that, a lot of that the Freak Johnson a lot uh, rubbed off on a lot of that because you know when you play when you're a jazz group and you play a certain venue, it, sometimes you have to cater to the venue because the venue has like a really strong tradition of the type of music that they do. Uh-huh. So it's like if we play somewhere and it's strictly mostly straight ahead jazz and stuff like that. Like freak Johnson just can't come in there and turn our amps to eight or nine and just start wailing, yeah. you know, like it just doesn't work like that. You know, so you find ways around it to where you can still get your jollies, you know, but still play some of the older tunes, but still kind of really improvisation and stretch out and do all these things, you know, and we were lucky. We found a wine bar, in the early 2000s in the town of Crown Point, Indiana. We found a wine bar. And the one of the owners just took a liking to us. And he's like, hey, you guys want to play every Thursday? So we were there every Thursday, barring holidays or Thanksgiving, for five years.
0: Wow. I mean, you can really it, cut your teeth on that kind of consistency, too.
1: We recorded our yeah. first album there because we were so comfortable that we just hired a mobile recorder guy and we just set up during the day because they weren't open. So we just set up during the day like we were on a gig and we just played. That was our first album. <laughs> you know. So
0: it kind of had like a live album feel except there really wasn't an audience at that point. There
1: wasn't anybody there. No, we recorded it at like noon. you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was like from noon to like five and then it was like, okay, we got to get out of here. You know, but... <laughs> But, but, but yeah, we did our first album like that. And so, and then concurrently, uh, during that time of us playing on Thursdays, concurrently, there was another venue in Valpo that said, hey, we saw you guys at the wine bar. Um, Can you play every Wednesday? (laughs) So we had every Wednesday in Valpo, and we had every Thursday at the wine bar. Now, the wine bar was cool because it was just what I told you. We couldn't play at rock volume, you know, so we had to kind of like chill out on the volume wise, but we learned to play better that way because, you know, we're, we're listening and we're not just, just, you know, what do you call it? Like blowing people away with volume, you oh, know, because right, intensity, right. intensity, intensity doesn't always equate to volume, you know, and we had to learn that. oh uh-huh. So, yeah, we had to learn that. And, but then you cross the other page with the Wednesday gig, and they were like, the, the, the venue in Valpo said, they completely said, you can do whatever you want.
0: As loud you as know, you want, too.
1: As loud as you want, do whatever you want. <laughs> and you is, know,
0: is this with uh, Freak Johnson? Is this with Yeah, uh, it was. BP3? It,
1: it, no, it was. It was all Freak Johnson. These was like early yeah. to mid 2000s So this was probably like two thousand one to like two thousand six or seven. And we were just playing like all the time. So we had, we had a steady gig at uh, the wine bar for four years, and then this one we had for a little bit longer, the one in Valpo. And, you know, we just cut our teeth and we were just playing with everybody, you know, and we would ask people of our friends to come Uh sit in with us and all that type of stuff. And eventually that's how, at that time, Chester Brown was really taking off and doing, playing a lot more shows and doing Brown Town and all that stuff. So we were like, I think we were like the first one or two of the Brown Towns, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of happened. So then what happens is that, when you have four really good musicians or four musicians that know how to play well together, you know, next thing you know, like somebody's asking you, Hey, are you available on this date? Not meeting the band, but meeting
0: me. Yeah. And then
1: while that's, while that's going on, someone else is asking Marco, Hey, are you available on this date? And someone else is asking Waz and Bill Romer separately. Hey, are you available on this date? So, you know, you say yes long enough. And then all of a sudden, like, it's like, Oh man, we haven't played together in like six months. Like, Oh crap. (laughs) <laughs> we should we should book something. Yeah, you know? all the so,
0: all the uh, solo gigs uh, took all, all the time the solo away gigs from. Or, uh, yeah. or what
1: I said earlier, the hired gun gigs.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, because
1: right, the, right. Gu- the hired gun, the hired gun is as a working musician, especially in Northwest Indiana or Northern Indiana or you know Southwest Michigan, you know, or something like that. You know, whether you're a solo or duo or a band, you know, or or you can you know, just play bass or play guitar for like a hired gun. If you want to be a full-time musician out here, you have to spread yourself pretty thin.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: And you also have to learn how to do diversify. You you have to learn how to diversify because not everybody's going to hire me and wants to hear straight ahead weird jazz all night,
0: you know? (laughs) Well, do you um, ever get hired out to just play bass like on rock and roll kind of songs or... uh... Yeah. yeah jam band kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh,
1: Cause I just did, I just did, uh, 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 a couple shows for a friend of mine, Paul Erdman, who's like a singer songwriter. Sure,
0: I've heard of, of Paul Erdman. One. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Paul, you know, he doesn't live in the area anymore. So when he comes back, you know, he hires his buddies. So, and it's me and another guy and he's a fantastic drummer as well too. this, this other guy, Brandon, And, We'll play as, like, just like a, almost like a rock power trio, but he kind of knows where I'm coming from. Paul knows where I'm coming from, and he also kind of knows where Brennan comes from. So he lets us, like, get funky and stretch out the grooves and all that stuff. So, (laughs) yeah, he's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I'll let you guys do your thing. You know, it's cool. So he doesn't really take us, but is it the music that I would do right on the bat? Most likely, no. You know, but there's nothing wrong with it. And And there's nothing wrong with his music. And the fact that he's a cool person, um, like cool as hell person it actually after a while the, the style the styling of the music or the genre doesn't even really matter right you know it's it's in my opinion as the older i get i'd much rather play you know just chill music with someone who's like the coolest person in the world
0: and just explore what they have to bring to you know yeah uh,
1: Re- or versus like somebody who's a complete virtuoso virtuoso pardon me but they're difficult to work with <laughs> yeah yeah Right. I'm sure we all know a few of those and I don't even think music falls into that at that point.
0: That's right, you know? it's, it's not even about music at that point. Yeah, it's just high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, it's like, yeah, I don't have time for that, you know, so it's like one of those and then uh, so playing with Paul and, you know, South Bend's got a pretty good diverse scene out here, you know, I mean I moved out here and um, late 2014 and, you know, knock on wood And I am knocking on wood, but knock on wood, you know, I I haven't stopped working since, you know. So, yeah, yeah, this weekend, um, I'm filling in for these past two weekends, I'm doing a Broadway musical. I'm playing bass in a Broadway musical. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I saw
0: your Facebook post for that. The Full Monty. Oh, that's fun. Is this at the Morris Theater?
1: Uh, It's at the South Bend Civic Theater, which is right behind. Uh, which is right behind the Morris. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, the shows have been just hilarious, you know, and the music is is great. They had asked me to do it a couple of months ago. And I said, is there any way that I could listen to the soundtrack? And they said, well, if you have one of the big three, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, you know, it's on there. So uh, I was at the building. I was at the studio here, which is where I'm at now. And I just pumped like the first five songs through the Bluetooth speaker. And I thought, man, this music is funky as
0: hell. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, that's you know? fun. Yeah. And, that's the,
1: I didn't, and I didn't think about it with the luxury of hindsight I have now because we're in the thick of it. We have one last run of shows. And uh, it's really nice. It's taken the stress off of, you know, just gigging all the time
0: do you get to you had, um stretch out a little bit on those songs or is it pretty there's much certain song,
1: there's certain songs you got you can stretch out and have fun you know what i mean but once yeah. again there's certain songs that have cues and there's written parts and everything sure, like that so sure. you gotta work on it but it t- it totally took the stress away from gigging because it's like you know gotta get to this venue gotta get to this yeah, venue all you're this already there uh, yeah and it's like all my stuff is there i just walk in i just plug in and play and I sit in a chair, and I'm in like a like this closed off, sealed orchestra booth, and we got in ear monitors and stuff. And so, it's fantastic. It's a pro setup, and I'm 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 very privileged that they asked me to do it. It's fun. Yeah,
0: that that is really nice. And you know, doing stuff like that, it just you know gets you to the top of their list for the next time. I mean, how many bass players are really out there?
1: <laughs> I did it, well. Yeah, there's yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a market that you know I didn't think existed but i guess it doesn't you know but i guess i started it but uh there's uh i did jesus christ superstar at notre dame stadium uh right after covid so right after the big lockdowns and everything like that when things started to open up you know yeah uh and they they were starting to open to you know 21st it was 25 percent occupancy then 50 then 75 you know and that took however it took long depending on you know the venue. Some took, some did it in a month. Some did it in six months. You know or whatever. But um, when we did it at Notre Dame, the stadium, they would only let half, if that, in the stadium.
0: So this know? was in the the full football stadium. Yeah. Oh man, and they just had people spread out so consistently like that.
1: Yeah, and they, and they and it was just this big. I I call I call this. You'll 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 get what I'm saying. But like we played in. I played in the rock band along with the orchestra so there was like an 80-piece symphony plus the rock band and then behind us was this whole like u2 level production of uh, jesus christ superstar
0: on a stage and in the on the field kind of thing
1: on a stage on the field yeah wow
0: that yeah. is quite a production and yeah and, and they well, were filling it was, up i mean that's uh, the stage yeah, probably they holds 60 they,
1: it holds 80,000 80, and they could, 000, they, man. It, it, it seats 80,000. And because of COVID restrictions, they could only have, I think it was either 20 or 30,000.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, still, that's had huge number of people.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of people. And they all had to be within, you know, certain distance of each other. So like Notre Dame had like all these markers, you know, like you can't sit here, but you can sit here. You, can, you know what I mean? Yeah, so,
0: yeah.
1: And it, it, at some point, like there were so many bright lights. I was like, I can't see Thing. anyway i'm just gonna look at this music and play and put my <laughs> head down <laughs> but, but it was a lot of fun that was my first foray into that so then um since then i've done spongebob the musical but really um yeah that was for the morris and
0: uh-huh.
1: the, but the morris the way they did it though was um it was it was a show and they were going to take it out on on basically like out at different venues, instead of doing it at the Morris.
0: They're going
1: to take it out and do it at this park and do it at this park and do it at this park. So basically what I did is I just took the recordings that they had already made and I brought them into my studio and I read the score and I played bass on it. I recorded it and then I sent it back to them.
0: So you just so, recorded over the score. You recorded your part. Yeah, I recorded with I recorded
1: my bass part and then the guitar part came in and then the keyboards came in and then whatever came in. So everybody just came in and did it piece
0: by piece. Oh, so the, you didn't actually um, play it uh, live like you are with No, the, no. Uh, I,
1: I got I we all got paid for we all got paid for tracking the session and then they took it and ran with
0: it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it was cool, man. I was like, "Wow, that's cool." So then when this came up, they and that was last year. So when this came up, they said, hey, you know, you did the thing and you want to do it again, you know, because I guess the theater community, everybody knows everybody. Uh-huh. So I'm like, and I, I still don't. So I was like, OK, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, and they're, they're getting I had to, to
0: know you for sure.
1: I had to cancel a few gigs and stuff like that or, you know, sub them out to someone else. But yeah, it, yeah but it, it was no skin off anyone's back. They're like, OK, cool. No problem. Have fun. I'm like, thanks. You know, so we got four more shows. We got um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Sunday being the matinee. Fun. And uh, yeah, and then that's it. So it'll, it, it's will it been a good run. So I'm looking forward to the next four.
0: Yeah. And what about Free Johnson? What, do you have anything planned with uh, that band? Yeah, actually
1: do. We actually do. What's the date today? November the 9th? 9th, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know in mid-December we're playing at yeah you know where Leroy's is?
0: Yeah, Leroy's and is it the Pines over there? it's like Porter. Porter? Okay. But I mean it's yeah. uh it's past Michigan City as you're going south, West. West, south, yeah. right. It curves there. Yeah. So at that point it's you're technically going Yeah, west. it's
1: north of Chesterton, if that makes you know. uh, okay. no, it's west of, yeah, it's north northwest of Chesterton. Yeah. So um No and no it's I've been to Leroy's
0: high, a bunch of times. They have really yeah, good Mexican food 20. there. But I have not uh, been there arguably since.
1: arguably some of the best.
0: Not exactly. I will say not exactly my kind of Mexican food. Kind of, <laughs> you know, like you know. Listen, everyone's got like their own style that they prefer. They're, and stuff. they're, tradi- like, they're, they're traditional
1: food. Mexican food. You know, so it's pretty traditional. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm. And I'm so glad that they stopped letting people smoke in there. That was that made it hard to go there. And they would always get these great bands there, and I'd be like, "Oh man, out of yeah." You know what? It's kind of
1: funny because <laughs> when I was there last year, um, I saw a friend of mine, and he was going outside to smoke, and I thought, "What? What?" And like, you, you know, Leroy put the kibosh on that. I said, "Really?" Yeah. I says, "Well, it's about time." <laughs> yeah. You know, it's about time. You know, and at the time, I was a I was a smoker. You know, so I was like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm a courteous, I was a courteous smoker anyway, you know? So I was like, okay, I will go outside with them.' Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, we've got a show coming up there. We did a few shows at Shoreline Brewery this past summer, oh, um, yeah. which was fun. Uh, we did a few there. Uh, one was good. One was not so good. And that was because mother nature was
0: on and off that day. Oh, uh-huh. um,
1: Is it, yeah, And they
0: have great. that outdoor stage there.
1: Yeah, that's the only one they have. They don't have the indoor one anymore. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that makes it tough uh, if you're going to have bad yeah, weather. Yeah, so the,
1: day, the, last, the last performance we did there, or the last gig, last show, have Um it started out great, then it was raining, and then we stopped, and then it came back, and then it stopped, then the rain stopped, and then we went back on, then it rained again, then it stopped, and we went oh back
0: on again, God. so we were just
1: on and off, yeah. and it, And that kind of sucks, because when it rains... People just go inside, right? So it's like, okay, well, now we're ready to play, and Everyone's, we're playing to like, yeah, yeah playing to the staff, yeah. you know. So <laughs> right. it's like, yeah, Everybody's... it was, it was, it was bittersweet, you know. It was like, okay, and then I remember I had to leave too, because um, I had another performance, and uh, I had to leave like it was no tomorrow because Michigan City and South Bend are an hour apart. From each other
0: i know isn't that crazy you just think of them as being right down the street Yeah, there, really pretty far
1: well from what i gather um south bend never used to be on eastern time you know so
0: when did that change it, that uh uh
1: in the mid-2000s when mitch oh. daniels became governor uh. and he did the time thing but um yeah it's kind of stupid so we never like like northwest indiana always switch their clocks right but That was the only section of Indiana that did that, was Northwest Indiana, like Lake and Porter Counties. That was it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I believe LaPorte County. So, like, that was it. And then once you got past that, it didn't, you know, it didn't change, you know. But now we do, you know. That's why I'm looking out of my windows right now. I'm like, good God, it's only six, whatever. Like, (laughs) it's pitch black, man. I'm like, this sucks. I know, I
0: know. That's the whole daylight savings. I am not a
1: fan of this, you know.
0: Yeah, that's the worst thing about uh, you know the, the the that's the worst thing about winter is just the darkness. I mean, I can probably handle a little bit of cold, but I just can't handle this darkness. It's dark. When yeah, you wake up, dark when you're you know having dinner. It's just dark all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it, and and I could say a lot of other choice, colorful and profane words about it too. You know, but at the same time, you know, I'll I'll keep that. I'll let the listeners use their imagination. You know, but. <laughs> okay but seriously yeah it's like i'm not a fan of it you know it's like i just remember when was it, it was today's wednesday yeah i remember it was like monday i was like God, i feel like i want to go to bed and like, it's only seven o'clock man yeah. i'm like oh right, this blows so yeah so we're getting to that and we've got a show coming up uh in mid-december and then in 2023 uh the buddy Pearson three has got we've got a a good run of shows coming up too as the trio oh good you know? uh-huh. yeah, yeah well, that when we played the acorn show that, we were still relatively kind of new oh we, okay. not not to each other but what happened was um you you take uh, January of 2020. So right before the lockdown, so the la- lockdown happened in like mid-March of 2020.
0: Yeah, March 16th, I want to say. Like that yeah, we everything closed down.
1: Yeah, so basically anything from the 14th through the 16th is when things just one by one were just shutting down. Yeah, And uh, so in like mid, like early January 2020, the keyboard player or the pianist, what have you, in the trio artists said, hey, I have this gig out in Maryville do you want to do it? I said, yeah, sure. I'll go out. You know, the weather was still pretty cool. It wasn't that snowy or anything. And I knew the drummer and we had, it was a private party and we had such a great time. And I thought, man, this would be stupid if we don't do this again. This is fun, you know? And uh, sure enough, the same engagement happened, but a month later.
0: So just for, for purposes of the listeners, Talk a little bit about the difference between what you do with Freak Johnson and what you do with Buddy Pearson Three.
1: Well, the Buddy Pearson thing is kind of the same thing as Freak Johnson, where it's more of like a jazz styled group, but it's it's definitely got a, a, a lot more funk to it. Uh, just because, hey, I'm a bass player. Sorry, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know the, yeah. it's me, got some more funk. Yeah, yeah, it's got some more funk to it. Um, it's a little bit more of a loose environment. You know, we like to get the crowd involved in it and stuff like that. But we also like to play really hard, too. And, uh, you know, so it's it's kind of the same thing as Freak Johnson as far as the intensity of the jazz styling. But the genre itself is like, yeah, we can get pretty out there and stuff, but we're definitely more modern and jazz flavored, too, and uh-huh. funk flavored, that type of thing, you know. right? Um, so with that. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. So uh, just anyway. the
0: difference between Freak Johnson and Buddy Pearson, three. You know, just kind of the, the things that. Uh, that well, make we started more having.
1: Fun. That's what it was. So we started having so much fun in January and February, doing these engagements out in Maryville. I thought, man, this would be a crime if we didn't do this anymore. You know, as the trio. And, you know, and they all agreed. And I said, how about if I see? We, I can get some gigs out my way, in South Bend. Or just in that general area, you know, within, within a 20 to 30 mile, mile radius of South Bend, you know. So they said, okay, yeah, sure. Give it, yeah, yeah. And so I was going to do it. And then lo and behold, two weeks later, everything got shut down, you know. Wow. So we didn't. <laughs> he lined we didn't, everything we, up and then. We, yeah. It, yeah. I, I lined a few shows up, but it, yeah, it got shut down. And then lo and behold, the venues that I booked them at, they got permanently shut down. They just couldn't afford it anymore. Right, right. You know, so we had to literally start from the ground up once we got situated again, you know, so it was like, okay. And then it was, okay, do you have time to come out to South Bend to rehearse? Because I have a perfectly big-ass studio. Do you guys have time to come out to rehearse in South Bend? So they would come out here once or twice a month, and we would rehearse. And one of the rehearsals, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to record us rehearsing. So I recorded us rehearsing. It's
0: it came out fantastic. Do you and do, then, do you do your recording in your uh, home studio? Right.
1: Like, yeah. It, it's not really a home studio, but it's 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 a good size. Your room. living room. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm actually at. it. I rent a studio. So, oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a studio. I, I'm in downtown South Bend, right downtown. So, the guys came here. I you know set up all the mics and everything like that. We recorded it. It sounded wonderful. I was surprised how good it came. out. So then, the following week, I think I had a videographer come here, and I set all the mics up and everything, so we filmed the live album along with there's video with it too
0: and so this so, live album did you come with uh, songs ready to go uh, and then you just worked from them, you know improvising yeah. and doing your own stuff mm-hmm. yeah, okay and yeah and it are, also
1: it, it also it also stems from it, it also stems from like Three separate sources, you know. So it's like either I have an idea uh-huh. and we flesh it out, or artist has an idea and we flesh it out, or we both have an idea and say, like, hey, let's do that and we kind of flesh it out. So it comes from those three main sources. Yeah. And then uh, we were doing that through rehearsing, and then we'd work up a couple of jazz standards and stuff and modernize them and everything like that. So pretty soon, you know, we had. You know 13 14 songs so it was like oh okay so let's hey let's just record these and so we recorded them and then it was like hey let's do those again except i got this guy who shoots amazing video you know so he lit the whole room perfect and everything and you know and we set up and yeah he filmed the whole night it was great here i, I have it all
0: um, where can people find this is it uh, i have yet
1: anyone? to release it that's ah. what i'm saying I, yeah <laughs> okay yeah, that's that's. I have. I was just saying. Yeah, I apologize, but yeah, I have. I have yet to release it yet. Uh Only because we have some more shows booked, so I'm gonna sell these at the shows.
0: That's the way to go. Yeah. And how are you selling those yeah. videos on DVD? Or are you just yeah, gonna it, sell the audio? No,
1: it's it's more of like a download code that you get. Oh, okay.
0: That's a you great know, so idea. If you, yeah. If
1: you sell if you sell the CDs, you get a download code.
0: There's so you much know, so to, not, there's so much to see when you're you know hearing music so to to have it also as a video is, is just such a great idea.
1: Yeah, and you know I can I can I can't thank the guy enough and the who uh came and filmed it. Uh because once again he came here oh god I think it was late February of 22 and we had been recording off and on about three or four times and this this kid came in and uh he, he's a real real skinny kid he's like in his early 20s but he's really good at what he does but i have radiators on full blast in my studio going i got two of them and it was like it was like four degrees outside you know so <laughs> you know, or maybe minus four who knows either way it was just flipping cold you know and this poor kid was sweating bullets because it was so hot in our studio but pur- <laughs> but purposely you know he kept saying Is there any way we could make it a little less warm in here?" I'm like i'm sorry dude no we have it has to be hot in here we're musicians we need to keep our hands you know what i mean like yeah. that type of
0: thing yeah
1: and uh yeah but he did a great job and he, he uh instead of him editing it i just asked him i said hey just give me all the raw footage and I'll put, it in my, I'll put it in my computer because I need to match all this recorded audio up to that. So yeah, you know, right. Syn- you
0: didn't rely on the audio that came through the, the video that he put together. You no, to, no, 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 no. I yeah. recorded it.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and then I recorded it, and then I, you know, EQ'd it and put a bunch of compression and mics and, you know, and uh, uh, mastering on it and stuff. I had a friend come in to help me with that. And so it, yeah, and it sounds fantastic now, but I synced it up with the video, and that, that was a lot of work. That took like a week.
0: I'll bet. You know? Yeah. So, just to, you know, eyeball it like that. I mean, I, you know, I don't yeah. Know and it was well to the that. point,
1: it was to the point where it was like, I would in between lessons or in between whatever I had going on, you know, I would open it up and start sinking. And the next thing I know, it's like 10 at night. I'm like, I'm just going to go home. So I go home and like, Jen and her kids are sleeping, so I'm like, "Well, I'll just open it back up." <laughs> so I <just laughs> open my laptop back up. It's in the bedroom with headphones on, just doing the same thing again. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. But it, it it overall it came out great. Um, I showed the guys some samples. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, that I showed the guys in the band some samples. They they love it. You know, and I sent it. I sent I sent them the whole thing, so that they, they've got it too. Um, but uh, when we played the acorn theater in June, just past June.
0: Yeah. Think. That was a I'm great show, sure. by the way. That was a lot of Thank fun. Thank you. And, Thank you. That uh, was a lot of fun. That was really a to Build on more of that, you know, just to uh, get yeah. more of that kind of stuff.
1: Well, Nikki, um, the, the GM over yeah.
0: there. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: yep. Yeah. That's Nikki. She, um, she says, Hey, I was wondering if you, uh, could send me like just some sort of promo video. And we'll put it on our social media and stuff. And I says, Yeah, matter of fact, that's perfect time. So uh, I cut a little snippet out, you know, and from the master video that I was just referring to and I sent it to her and she used it, you know. And it lo and behold it helped because there was a lot of people that had never seen me and uh, or seen the trio for that matter. And they were like, Yeah, but we liked what we saw and heard. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to full circle with what you were just referring to. It's like there's so much to be seen when it comes to live music as well.
0: For sure. You know, know? uh, something that struck me is that, you know, here you are, you're not just, you know, a bass player playing in a cover band and, you know, cover band playing Rolling Stone songs and stuff like that. Right. And and you're not even just, you know, a bass player playing original rock. I mean, you are coming out to uh, all these places playing a very specific kind of you know jazz not even a traditional jazz necessarily you're you right know, you're jazzing it up and uh i mean you know it's the kind of thing where you know there's there's probably people doing that kind of stuff in new york city or in la or maybe even chicago but you oh know, yeah to be of doing course it...
1: chicago of course in chicago of course
0: Right, right, yeah. but but here you are doing it in uh, you know northern Indiana, uh, reaching yeah. into Southwest Michigan. I mean, you're in a tough market There's, to do this, and and you're keeping busy. That's, I mean, that's right. The, that's
1: kind of what I was stating about earlier. Is that yeah. you know you. you
0: you have to you know, pivot could, a little bit. It sounds like, but you
1: have to you have to sway a little bit. You have to spread yourself thin. Hence the musical that I'm doing. You know, yeah. and like you know, hence the solo gigs that I do and stuff like that too. So I do a lot of solo performances. I have a weekly one at a hotel, and I I told you that the other day. Right, um, that one I- You know, and it's cool. I still get to play. I still I still get to play jazz and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, it's not as crazy because it's just me solo. You yeah, know. So and, uh,
0: yeah, and maybe you're not. People aren't there necessarily to listen. They're they're there to have it in the background, which is right. Yeah, it's sucks, what I. But at the same no, time, no, I don't
1: know. It. I I love it because I get to do what I get to
0: do. Yeah, you know you're just I mean? doing so, it. You you don't care if people are listening yeah, or not. I,
1: I get to do what I get to do, and they pay me, so it's like, yeah, cool, all right. You know, so if you you you, want, you you're paying me to be musical wallpaper, no problem. You know, <laughs> okay. so that's another. You know, that's the other side, and of it works I guess. out good. <clears throat> no, but the other thing is, is that you know. Usually when I do those performances, um, you know, I I I don't want to say I'm picky about it. I think selective is is a better word, you know, because initially when I came out here, it was like take anything you could get, you know, because no one knew who I was. So you're taking everything you could get, like hey, play this pizza place, play this, play that, whatever, you know. It's like here, play the opening of the new lobby at the post office, you know, like whatever, you know. You're just doing (laughs) you're just doing anything, you know. So. when the second and third year came around, you know, you kind of learn really what's not your thing as far as venue wise, you know, right. Right. And, but you do like playing certain places because the vibe is cool and the staff is very, very nice, you know, and you get along and all that type of stuff. So it always works out in the end. And once again, if you're not making friends, you're making enemies or vice versa, you know? Yeah. And you know, I've, 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 I've been pretty lucky out here and there's a, there's a particular venue out here uh Merriman's Playhouse okay. and they're they're strictly a jazz room in South Bend.
0: Oh, that's Bath. cool. Uh, yeah.
1: So they have I mean they have they have national touring artists there, you know, at least once a week or once every two weeks, you know, they have shows every week, you know, but they also cater to a lot of local artists too, you know, and the j- local jazz artists, uh-huh. you know. So and uh I had asked I've done two shows with them. So I did one in uh, February 22. And then, uh, we did one. Oh, uh, so the acorn theater, we played that Wednesday, the following Friday was at Merriman's.
0: Ah, gotcha. Are there any places, is that the kind of place or, or are there any places in the area where, you know, people that are playing jazz would just kind of show up and there's maybe like a not an open mic, but kind of an open jam where, you know, they have an open session every Tuesday. Oh man. That's, that's great. That must be real magic fusion happens. (laughs) Mm.
1: That they have an open jam there every Tuesday. It used to be Monday, but then they moved it and to Tuesday. So it's been Tuesdays now for a hot minute. And, uh, you know, it's bittersweet because I have to work on that night at the hotel. So I haven't been able to go check it out, but, um, yeah. I mean, all the players go out to that, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, sometimes if you're like, for me, it's easy. Cause it's like, there's usually just one other bass player. So they just look at me and just go, you just want to play? I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know? So, and that's usually how it is. Like with the piano player, there's like only one other piano player. They're like, Hey, you want to play piano? <laughs> like, sure. You know? So, you know, and then you just, you, then you play a couple of numbers and you hand it back off and then the, the follow suit he plays a couple of numbers you just keep playing bag on the instrument till one of you leaves you know so and but sometimes when you get there it's a little uh it's a little like oh man here we go you know because sometimes it like the hot players will show up and then like sometimes it'll be like you know some not so polished like notre dame college kids that come in there they you know they're more classical players and they just want to know all about this thing called jazz Uh you know so you know, so they sit in, and it's not so polished performing, but it's like they've got 100% heart. So I give it to them, man. You know, oh, it's like yeah. way to go, man. For sure. You know, and plus to just get up and play in front of a bunch of people you don't know. No, like, <laughs> well, not only that, but seasoned professionals. You uh, know.
0: That, yeah, there you go. That too.
1: You know, it's, how did that's you totally how did it, you get
0: started with all this? You know, how did you, you know, develop into this bass player that you've become?
1: Uh, 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 real quick. Okay, cool. We got time. Um, I started, uh, when I was nine, uh, I playing started bass I at that
0: time. Were you playing bass? Yeah. Sorry, I was- playing bass, oh, okay. playing
1: bass. I played drums before that, but then like, uh, I knew my dad played bass when I was younger. I played drums. I got a drum set for my sister. And then, uh, soon after the drums, like one day I came home and the drums were gone and it was replaced with an upright bass. And I was like, why, was, why are my drums gone, you know, I was like, lividly, I was lividly upset, you know, like <laughs> crying in tears, you know, and my mom was like, honey, it's just quieter. Evidently I, <laughs> I was
0: that's rambunctious hilarious. on
1: the drums, you know, I was rambunctious on the drums, you know, so anyway,
0: that's eight, you're eight with a drum set. sticks. Yeah, right, you're it's gonna, a, just noise. You're gonna, yeah, just
1: think that, about that it, put point. yourself in that, put, put yourself at eight years old with a drum set, what do you think's going to happen,
0: yeah, you know what I mean, right. so... Yeah, it's just
1: cacophony. So anyway, <laughs> I got this bass. I hated it, you know. I had to stand on a stool and everything like that. And uh, I got pushed into orchestra. Um, but before orchestra, that was probably the only
0: before, outlet for a bass for a stand-up bass player at the time. You yeah, know? but, but what's was funny though. But
1: as a as a couple months prior to the orchestra, my dad would be like, "Okay, this is this note. This is this note. This is this note. This is this note." So like for about a good year of orchestra. I was a leg up already on yeah, that, yeah. on the kids. So I started playing bass. It, I kind of took to it pretty easy. It was, you what know, wasn't easy, but the music we were playing at that time was easy. You know, I was just like, okay, you know, da, 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 right? Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> you're nine, you know, so. And then, um, I got my first electric bass at eleven, uh, and I was playing that. And then I got my first real, real good bass at 15. And then I, all through high school, I was that guy. I was a bass player. I was the bassist in the symphony. I was the bassist in the jazz band. So, I mean, like, I, I just spent all the time in the music wing at yeah. the high school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if I had to go anywhere, it was for like a required math class or something yeah. or English.
0: Or something. <laughs> How but great like, that yeah, they had all- that outlet for kids at that point. Yeah, Yeah, it was, was Maryville was pretty hot
1: then. Yeah, but we also had a music theory class too, so I took that and, you know, yeah, it was pretty, yeah, and Marco was uh, in that same whole thing too. Oh, funny. Yeah, copious amounts of time in that music wing, you know, so yeah, we were there. And then it kind of took off after that, so like once we got out of high school and stuff, I just made the jump. I was just playing in bars underage. I didn't care. Um I, you know, and I looked like I was 15, you know, I looked like a 15 year old Stephen Colbert, like just like a geek with glasses, you know, short hair. And I would just went up to Chicago and I would just strap my bass on my back on my gig back. So if they saw that the staff would go, he's obviously a musician, you know? Yeah. So I would just go to these open mic nights and I would just start sitting in with people. You know, just like how these Notre Dame kids are. You know, yep, that's that's yep. what that's what I was doing, underage and doing all that stuff. And then pretty soon, one thing led to another, and I was playing with this person and playing with this person. You know, but the work wasn't really coming in like I wanted it to, uh, particularly because I was underage. You know, <laughs> so I mean, I could play, I could play certain places if it was like a chill place, because they, you know, it's like some place like. Oh, that's like, fine. Yeah. If it's like on the South side and you're like 75th street, you know what I mean? Let's you know, it doesn't matter, you yeah, know, but when you're, you're playing, right. you know, like big Hilton parties and stuff like that, you're not 21. It's like, no, they're gonna, you gotta go, you yeah. know? And so, you know, and I got that explained to me several times from some decent players who were also band leaders at the time. So I was like, Hey, no problem. So in order to do that, I started working at this hotel and, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Radisson Hotel at Star Plaza. It was in Maryville. They had this huge oh, theater, Star Plaza. Yeah, the Star, yeah, Plaza,
0: the Star Plaza. Yep. I yeah. So
1: I, I, I was the guy that picked all the guests up from the airport. Oh, great. So I picked all the musicians and all the entertainers up. Oh, awesome!
0: They, you know, you got to like, hang yeah. out with all those guys in the car. Yeah,
1: and it was, it was, it was a fun gig. I mean, I have stories. I mean, I could write a, I could write like a little, a little book on the stories <laughs> that I have. You know. But it was it was so funny because I was always like, yeah, I never really have fun with the performers because they've got, you know, 17 fish to fry all at once, you know, because they're doing this, talking to this for good. I always hung out with the bands. Yeah. You know, so I was always like, yeah, you know, because they're just behind the scenes and stuff. So I was always hanging with the bands, having a good time. And so I ended up doing that for about four years until I finally became of age and I started working more in the jazz scene and then just as so, like I said, somebody said, you know, some, some, you know, two or three people would be like, hey, are you busy on this night? Are you busy on this night? You know, so, and one of them was this like cover band. And I figured, you know what, it'll be a good, you know, supplemental income along with me playing the jazz and everything like that. So I did the cover band thing for at the, it, it, simultaneously with the jazz thing for about three years. And then uh, after that, I uh, went back to playing jazz full time with Freak Johnson, you know, and other people and other artists and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, play pickup gigs here and there and stuff like that. But no, most, most, I mean, I've been straight up jazz most of the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me. yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're doing what you like to do and and you, you know, you're not even, even the ones where you're doing it for quote, the money. Um, yeah, you know, it sounds like you're really enjoying it. I mean, this, this I, am,
1: I am enjoying it, and then, there's not a musician on this planet that doesn't do a nice gig for the money. You know what I mean? Sure. so Right. You know, if it's a if it's a gig where you got to suck it up and play a couple of songs you don't like, but you're getting a thousand dollars, it's like, yeah, okay, got <laughs> yeah. it. Right. You know, uh, for so sure. The, I'll but, eat those. Th- I'll eat those three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like that. But you know, the other thing is, is that But it came with playing with the cover band, honestly enough, to kind of realize that I didn't want to do it anymore, but it also came to realize the fact that, like, the people that I was playing with, they were cool as hell, you know? It was just the music that I didn't get along with, and I noticed the way the guy would carry himself on stage, and he'd just be very relaxed, and he'd be very funny, but he wasn't over the top about it. He was just kind of like normal. And it was like, you know, if the crowd sees you having fun, then they're gonna have fun. That's, you
0: know? that's interesting that you mention that because that is a takeaway from my seeing you at the acorn. You know, here you are in this, you know, jazz trio and you guys are getting up there. But you're talking to people like you know, you guys are rock stars and you were, you know, that's what made it <laughs> that's what really made it a lot of fun. And and that's that's the crossover that you've Discovered or created? Uh, yeah, in I took this that kind of small I, jazz market. I would say.
1: Well, I appreciate it, thank you. This it, it but it wouldn't be nothing, you know, without because you learn something from everybody, you know, whether that person is cool or whether they're a jerk. I mean, you learn something, you know, right. and it's like. You know, later on, and I said this earlier, is that like, you know, I may not care for some of the music that I have to play. But if I'm doing it with this particular band leader, I'll go play with them because they're cool as ever, you know. And I will go do it because the, the overall experience will be fun, you know. So you have to take that, you know, with, in hindsight after the gig, with the luxury of hindsight, you tell yourself, okay, what made that gig so good? So it wasn't the music because it's not really your cup of tea, but what made that gig so good? And it was, it was the vibe, it was the vibe and yeah. it's his gig and he's the vibe setter, you know? So it's like, if he's the vibe setter, if he's going to be a jerk all night, then the band's not going to have fun, you know? But if he's a cool guy, then the band's going to have fun Then the crowd's going to have fun, you know? So that I learned, I learned that at a really, really young age. Thankfully, yeah, you know, so yes, I'm 50. So I I learned it when I was like 26. So I was like, yeah, be that guy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, well said. And uh, listen, Buddy, it was a pleasure to talk with you. Um, Buddy Pearson from Buddy Pearson 3 and Freak Johnson. And uh, uh, Buddy, real quick, just uh, tell them again where, you know, what what things you've got coming up in the next couple of weeks.
1: I know the Freaks at Leroy's on, let me see here. I got put on speaker. All right, uh, December sixteenth.
0: December sixteenth at Leroy's. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so that's, again,
1: that, that's the latest one right there. I had to look at my phone, start the calendar. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no uh, yeah, and yeah, and I've got I've got an iPad with a calendar on, it and I didn't even walk over and get my iPad. So yes, so I have to I have to teach one more lesson from seven to eight, and then I'm done
0: for today. So, all right. Well, thanks for finding the time to come on the show, and uh, what a pleasure. My apologies,
1: man. I'm glad we got it worked together, man. Just like schedule this, schedule that, and, I, you know, once again, I wish I could do what could have done Tuesdays, but, you know, so I'm glad we got to
0: work it out. Yeah, all good. This worked out great. Well, thanks again. Uh, Take care. All right, man. Okay. Take
1: care. Bye. Bye.
0: All right. That was Buddy Pearson from uh, Buddy Pearson 3 and also uh, Freak Johnson and what, what fun, what a pleasure. If you see him out somewhere, you know, certainly uh, go, go see his shows. And um, you've been listening to us on Radio Harbor Country. This is uh, John Goldman with Johnny Secret Stash. Radio Harbor Country is uh, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, WRHC and WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And uh, that's all we got for you. Thanks again and good night, everybody.